Philip Malloy is with me. Uh, Philip, welcome to the programme. Thank you, Shorsha. Uh, where do you want to start here? I suppose you want to tell me that <coughs> well, Star Wars is making a fortune. Well, Star Wars is making a fortune. It's making more than a fortune. It's on, what was it on, uh, after after last night's takings? Um, it was on $610 million worldwide. Okay. And in Ireland, it had taken, in the first five days of release, it had taken $3 million, three In million, Ireland? Yes. <laughs> Right, three, okay. In the first five days of release, three million, uh, three million three hundred thousand, something around that, and uh, so it's been an absolute huge success. They're talking about it at the moment. They're talking about it um, uh, overtaking Jurassic World. Jurassic World took one point six billion at the box office this year. Uh, so this this uh, this looks likely to overtake that, and they're talking about it as well. Maybe overtaking Avatar and becoming the highest grossing movie of but all. But it time. won't take over from uh, Gone with the Wind. Well, yeah, but you're 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 you're, you're bringing in uh, all kinds of um, you know connotations there. But well, the main thing is, the, I mean, it's only uh, a point inflation. But, but but when you do yeah. do it for inflation, um, and it's it, by the way, George. Um, okay, the, the the Lucasfilm, the company that made it, was bought by Disney for over four billion, and there was a certain sort of wonder, people wondering whether they were going to get this back or not. But it looks like they've got it back um, big time already. And what's happening is this one um, is the first of a new trilogy, and at the same time, then they'll do uh, spin-offs that will actually alternate with the uh, with the new trilogy between now and two thousand and twenty. Really? So they're going they're going to make an absolute Okay, um, what are you watching at the moment? What am I watching at the moment? I, I'll tell you. I I I got what, what I really liked. Uh, I got a a, a documentary. Um, um, I just bought a documentary call, uh, called called uh, the Best of Enemies. That's what it's called, the Best of Enemies, and it's about the. Okay, in in uh, 1968, uh, as you know, there were three uh, television networks in America, and uh, um, the the ones that were. The, the way out in front uh, were NBC and CBS and they had sort of a great following they were the most respected and so on ABC was down the line okay and then the uh, um, election sort of campaign um, on both sides the Republican and the Democrats comes up and uh, Huntley and Brinkley are on uh, NBC and uh, the, the, um, CBS also have a good sort of strong political uh, wing to them. But ABC have nothing. So what they decide to do is they decide to get um, uh, Gore Vidal and, uh, and um, what the hell was the other guy's name? Gore Vidal and... Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, William Buckley Jr. William Buckley Jr. to come on uh, for the 10 night sort of duration of the two conventions um, and to fight with each other. To Obviously, Gore Vidal was a liberal and uh, the other guy was a, a conservative. So a lot of the issues were expressed by these two guys in their and, and, the, and the, the thing was an enormous success uh, on ABC it took off uh, and, and what it did one of the things it did was it introduced um, politics uh, to ordinary people who rarely would listen to politics in America so um, anyway it's called The Best of Enemies and right. I'm looking at the moment it's very very entertaining Gore Vidal in particular is very good Alright because I think CBS had Tom Rather if I wouldn't, wasn't mistaken no, not Tom Rather. Um, uh, that's CBS. You're saying? Yeah. No, Cronkite was on CBS. Anyway, Cronkite. Cronkite. What am I watching? Do, we, do, do you know what I watched uh, on Monday night? 
Seven brides for seven brothers. Yeah, that's the on, by dance the way, routines teens, yeah. are just astonishing. I finished it justified. Oh, you told me, and all the listeners told me. I didn't like the first few episodes. They all said, "Hang on <laughs> to the end; it yeah. gets great." Doesn't get great. No, no, it does, George. It improves, especially in the last three episodes. It really comes together. An awful lot of the story strands are. They, they dovetail into each other. I think it's really good. And I love Sam Elliott as the villain in it. I think he's great. But the, I, I suppose there's about three or four villains. What does Noel mean that only Hook could mention Gone with the Wind during a Star Trek, a converse, Star Wars conversation? Gone with the Wind, adjusted for inflation, no, is that, probably no, still yeah, the biggest grossing movie it, it, in history. It, it, yeah, but it's a, it's a good idea. To, okay, Gone with the Wind is from 1939, okay? Um, and obviously that's a long time ago, so you're talking about an awful lot of inflation, aren't you? An awful lot of inflation. So that's what you're saying is um, that sort of through that sort of time period, inflation uh, would have, I don't know, added to that figure, you know, again and again and again. All right, your man Patrick in Carrick Minds is on again. And just briefly, like he doesn't think I gave his text justice, but he's still saying that there there are very few proper investigative journalists left in the world. Um, so that uh, if you read the papers, really, you don't understand politics. Um, if you read the papers, you don't understand. Well, that's politics. what he's basically saying. Because the papers are no good, according to him. Oh, so he's saying that the papers are not giving you an understanding yeah. and a, an appreciation of politics in the way that they should. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's saying reading newspapers or watching television is anything but a qualification well, I, in understanding. Okay, okay. All, all, all my life I've been, or adult life, I've been a, a Guardian fan. And every single day uh, now, uh, well, every day it's out. Obviously, I get the Observer on Sunday, but I get the Guardian every day. And I think the Guardian is one of the best reads anywhere, going anywhere. And no, whether you're talking about Syria, you're talking about David Cameron and British politics, you're, what, you're talking about um, Europe, um, it's all there. I think it's a superb newspaper. All right. Um, I know you're not, you, you don't believe in it. You, I you, don't you're a, you're I, a Telegraph fan. I, be, I am, but I've been reading the Guardian since it was the Manchester the Guardian. Guardian. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, this boxing thing is, is getting a new well, life. No, it seems it seems to have uh, taken off. OK, we have Creed coming up uh, in a couple of weeks time. And Creed is about Apollo Creed. We've, we've talked about yeah, this we before. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. And, but the interesting thing about it, George, is Sylvester Stallone. OK, Sylvester Stallone played Rocky, obviously. And Rocky went up against uh, Apollo Creed in the first two Rockies. Uh, but what's happened is, is that... Um, Sylvester Stallone is considered to be in the running for, he's been nominated for, um, no, he's expected to be in the running for Best Supporting Actor for Creed. And I have to say, I saw the movie and it's a lovely kind of loose performance, a really, really impressive performance. He's 68, I think it is now. So this guy certainly has learned as he went along. And it's it's very, very good and smart acting. And I wouldn't be, I expect him to get the, the nomination. and I wouldn't be surprised if he went even further. All right, just so that's Creed. Sorry, that's Creed. Yeah, no, what's the next one? Uh, David Oyelowo, we had la- a- last week, is playing uh, Smoking Joe Fraser um, in uh, in Trilla in Manila. In Manila, remember the Trilla in Manila? Yeah. So he he's playing. I think there's there's three or four boxing movies coming up. And uh, now, so there, for some reason, there seems to be in many ways, uh, you, you know, wh- what you do with boxing in the movies or on television is you, you create this conflict, obviously, and t- people going up against each other, representing. So it's very, very, 
It's a very, very um, interesting way to prevent or to present um, a kind of dramatic clash. And uh, so but, but what happened is for years and years and years, for decades, boxing seemed to disappear from the cinema. Yeah, but, it, but there's, there's one now about it. I don't know what but the story is actually strong enough, but it's the story of Rocky Marciano, yeah. who is really, the, certainly in modern times, yeah. the only heavyweight champion to retire undefeated. That, that's true. And not to make a comeback. Yeah, that's true. And he's, he's been uh, he's been played by an actor called Jeremy Renner. And I, I actually looked up picture, looked at pictures of the two of them um, recently, and they, they look quite similar. As you say, he was white. Um, he When did he become um, champion? Mid-50s, was it? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. After Joe Lewis, you had a period of black heavyweight to Joe yeah. Lewis, Jersey Joe Walcott, Ezard Charles, yeah. and then Marciano. I think he had, he was, I, I think it was 49 bouts without, uh, that he won. And then he died, I think, in a plane But crash. the interesting thing, but he was retired. I mean, he, yeah. he retired. Yeah, I know he was retired. But the interesting thing about Rocky, it, the story is that he based it Stallone yeah. on a Canadian yeah. heavyweight. Yeah. But in fact, he could just as easily have based it on Rocky Marciano because Rocky Marciano actually, and I'm sure that's why he used the name, yeah. was a Rocky-type figure in that he kept coming forward with his yeah. head yeah. and he was taking well, he, as much punishment as he gave out. Yeah, he, but he, he didn't. He wasn't like Muhammad Ali. He didn't dance. No, no, he didn't, no, you know, no, he, he no. didn't move around as much. But when he hit you, you stayed hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's boxing, which is coming back uh, big time. Um, opening this uh, this weekend is In the Heart of the Sea. And In the Heart of the Sea is basically the Moby Dick story, George. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, it's about, it's set in 1820. Okay, at the beginning of it, Herman Melville, who, uh, as you know, uh, wrote Moby Dick, he uh, arrives at Nantucket and he, he visits this, this, this elderly man who's played by Brendan Gleeson. And it transpires that the elderly man had been part of the crew of a ship called the Essex and the Essex was a crew that went out to sea looking for well, basically to kill whales and they, they were supposed to yes they were supposed to bring back I think it was 3,000 uh, uh, barrels of whale oil because whale oil was used at that time for power for the you know the power of all kinds of devices uh, so they go out to sea and they uh, they invade this kind of um, this, this, this area that, that has a, a big sort of collection of whales in it. And one of the whales is a giant, absolute, over 100 feet long, and a sperm whale. And she attacks the Essex, carves it in two. And so the crew, uh, first of all, they're in these small boats. Bo those boats are hacked to bits as well. And then uh, they're, they're basically left at sea. So they lose about half of the, um, of the crew. And all kinds of other things. I won't tell you what all happens, right, but no, all kinds of all, right. all kinds of other strange things happen. So that's the main. Uh, Chris okay. Hemsworth is in it. Uh, there's several Irish actors, but as I said, um, I think that uh, Brendan Gleeson is superb in it. And uh, there's an, an an actor who's also a stand-up comic called um, um, Benjamin Walker in it. And one of the interesting things, George, is I won't say any more now. But one of the interesting things is that there's this lovely sort of uh, mutiny on the bounty type vibe between the character played by Chris. Hemsworth, who's an ordinary, practical, everyday, experienced sailor. And this other guy, this patrician guy who comes from a wealthy family, and he's got uh, this role as captain of the Essex without any experience at all. But it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's directed by Don, Ron Howard. And I think it's, it's OK. OK. Now, uh, Mark and Cork says, uh, just for inflation, Gone with the Wind is at 3.4 billion. 
dollars. There you go. Way ahead of anything ever done. Uh, don't go to Malloy for advice, says Del Navin. If you haven't seen Veep, get it now. Have you seen Veep? Well, I've seen a couple. I've, I've seen a couple. Okay, it's a comedy. Okay, oh, it's about a Veep, which is a, a vice, a vice president. president of the United States. But it's States. a comedy. And it's a comedy. It's a half hour comedy. All right. Um, I'm back with the West Wing. I'm on series one of the West Wing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched, uh, they, were, they were on um, Sky last week. They were showing, running it all day one day. Right, well, so I'm I, back I, on I, that. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll tell me what the movie was. Um, it was uh, Dirty Harry. It was number four and number five. And your man Bradford Dillman was oh, on it. Well, uh, well, he was in Dirty Harry. He was in, was yes, well, with, oh, it's which four one? or five. Oh, which one? Is, is it four, I'd say? Four. Yeah. yeah, four. Because Bradford Dillman played always sort of bad kind of he characters. Did. He, did. he was also a bad guy in... Uh, the Bridge of Dramagan. He was, yeah, yeah. But he was, and uh, then he was on the Planet of the Apes movie, yeah. where the apes came back. Do you yeah. remember that? And he was, uh, he was always, uh, he, he was always going in the wrong way, and he was always an authority figure, but a bent sort of authority yeah. figure who yeah. went up against Harry Callahan. And but uh, he never had a great career. Well. Oh, he did. Did he? He did. He, he, first of all, and, and George, I remember when he, he came along first and he was considered to be something of a genius. Uh, he had a stage career. He had a, a film career for a while. He was quite a good looking young man. And then uh, he he became a regular on television. All right. Why are we talking about Woody Allen and not talking about movies? Well, uh, OK, well, I OK, I, I, I bought that. Um, a it's, book? It, it's a new, yeah, it's a new uh, book on Woody Allen and it's by a guy called David Avanier. And um, the interesting thing about it is I always find that if you really want to know about cinema, you need to get two or three or four books. So on you the get, same character, yeah, yeah, yes. Because you get it from different perspectives. And uh, this is one on Alan. And th but th the reason I put that down there is it's the first one that actually deals with the controversy in his life, deals with the alleged... Um, sexual abuse. Se uh, sexual abuse. And it deals with it very, very well. And it's quite devastating in its treatment of Mia Farrow, I have to say. Uh, she doesn't come out of it well at all. It comes out on his side. And there's one of the kids is a, 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 a kid called Moses, Moses Farrow. And uh, he gives uh, he gives lots of a sort of major insight into the kind of family that Mia Farrow rang. All um, right. The, 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 just on that issue about books, that was really brought home to me when I bought two books on Wayne that came out roughly yes, at the yes, same yes, time. Yes, yes, yeah. And one was written by someone who was clearly a fan yeah. and one was written by somebody who was more a critic. Yeah. And you were reading all the same stories but told from Tot a totally, totally different land. And yeah, it was yeah. really amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I get Yeah. I agree with that. Big now, point. I wanted to ask you, I've been saving this up for you because... Yeah. I'm, you know me in World War Two. Yeah. I'm reading because this is right up your street, fam. Yeah, yeah. I saved this for you. Oh, good man, good man. Uh, there was a. It's written by uh, Hastings, Max Hastings. Oh yes, that, yeah, yeah. And it's about the. I saw it in Hodges Fidges yesterday. The intelligence war. Yes, yes, right. I did. Yeah, but it it's talks. on. It's on a table. You know the way they put yeah. all the. Uh, the, uh, the and it's books. about the valet. To the British ambassador to Turkey, who was a complete Egypt, he hired your man. Your man was a German spy. I hope this is coming back to you now, Philip. No, 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 it is, yeah. He hires this guy who was a German spy. The Germans gave, he got the most amazing information. The Germans didn't pay attention was to Was he played it. by James Mason? He was played by James Mason. Yeah. 
and the Germans gave him £300,000, which was enormous money, but it was forged. Yeah, yeah. Five what fingers, was the movie? Five Fingers, isn't it? Five, five Fingers? Cicero was the name. That's right, that was his his, his um, code, code name. name yeah. I knew you'd know that movie with yeah. James Mason. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, the book, uh, Woody, by David... By David Evanier, E V A N I E R. It's it's just out now, and uh, it's very it's okay. About the final third of it actually deals with this controversy, as I say, in his life, the alleged child abuse. And one of the points he makes, George, is 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 it's two things came together. Um, he, he Alan apparently isn't a conf- isn't a naturally confrontational sort of person. So what what he did with what, uh, here was he, he had taken um, pictures, George, of soon. Ye Farrow uh, naked. He oh, had right. taken pictures of her. And he knew that if he left them in a, a certain place, that Mia Farrow would find them. So Mia Farrow comes to his house on Fifth Avenue, and the pictures are on the mantelpiece. And this was his way of telling her or in, indicating this to her. So she found him and she went berserk. So that was one thing uh, that the, they were warring about. The other one was they have a, a, a little daughter called, well, she's not little anymore, a daughter called, uh, is it a daughter called Dylan? And uh, Dylan was, was very, very close to Alan. And she alleged, that's Mia Farrow alleged, that he went to a crawl space, what they call a crawl space in the attic. Uh, with Dylan and apparently he's claustrophobic and all kinds of things and there was no way that he was going to, ever going to go to the attic but uh, so he went up there and he's supposed to have taken off her knick- knickers and you know, felt her and this and, is where you're going with this did all kinds of things uh, alright now I have a pile of queries here yeah uh, the the uh, do you remember the Rocky Graziano film, Somebody Up There Somebody Likes up there Me? Likes we me. do played yeah. by Paul Newman, the first Paul Newman yeah. movie I ever saw. Yeah. I was with a, a keen listener to the movie slot, driving down to a funeral in Kerry yesterday, and he doesn't like The Last Panther, but a person, a, a listener says it's fantastic. Yeah, I've heard good things about it, and it's one of those ones, George, uh, George I, I I, did this with Justified. I'm just waiting for it to come out in a box set, and I'll watch it in a box All right, set. Well, tell me when it comes yeah, up, because yeah. he doesn't like it. Uh, have, have we seen the BBC series, The Thick of It? Oh, Political yeah. satire? Oh, yes, it's hilarious, George. I mean, it's been around now for a good while, but it's absolutely hilarious. It's real sharp, biting satire. Uh, the language in it is pretty appalling. But All it's, right. It's, uh, now, uh, the, what's the name of the Woody Allen book? Well, I'm not sure I can tell you after the way. No, no, it's called finished. Woody. It's called Woody, and it's uh, it's written by David Avanier, E-V-A-N-I-E-R. All right. What's Cumberbatch up to, somebody wants to know? Well, Cumberbatch is up to um, an awful lot of things, but he, he's, um, he, he's, he's doing a movie called The Current War, which is about uh, the war between uh, was 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 it George Westinghouse was it uh, George? Well, anyway, Westinghouse um, and and Edison, the fight between the two of them to uh, to de- power, yeah, right? yeah to develop um, a, a, a means of conducting electricity, and he's um, Edison is played by um, uh, Cumberbatch, and Jake Gyllenhaal is playing Westinghouse. So it looks like a promising, but he has about six others, including, by the way, a new Sherlock, a once-off Sherlock, um, on uh, New Year's Day. Really? Yeah. Okay. So. Well, my book is about the spies with Max Hastings. I'm watching now. I've 13. I've, I've about 100 West Wingers to go through. <laughs> well, I'm only on number, well, I, I, I number my, five, yeah, series I, yeah, one. I, I, I think I'll start watching it again, too. 
because yeah. I, it's gorgeous. It's wonderful. The VP uh, is, is played by an actor called John Hines. Yeah. Oh, no, that's his no, name. John Hines is I yeah. forget who the actor's yeah, name yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, I'm back live tomorrow and to ease you into Christmas with the Right Hope Christmas Eve special. Philip is going to give us all kinds of tips to watch over Christmas. Yeah, we'll cover, we'll cover the, the three days. Um, and uh, I have a, you're going to talk to me tomorrow? That's about 20 to 6 tomorrow. 